All right, what's up, guys? Welcome to the SauceCast. This is episode 15. We have Rip, Vertex, Relentless, and we have Diego from the Virginia Beach um, team out there, and he is from Relentless. And so we're super stoked to have you, Diego. Um, number two in the company right now, freaking killing it. So we're really stoked to learn from you, and um, this is the SauceCast. We want to hear about what's the sauce. What's What are you doing right now that's your secret sauce that's um, helping you to have success. So to start it out, dude, tell us, tell us how you got here. Give us a little background of yourself. Why are you so ambitious? Um, how you got into solar, why you're doing what you're doing. Cool. Thanks for uh, letting me be on here. Um, so I grew up in Arizona. Um, my introduction was to solar was my senior year of high school, actually back in 2016, I was looking to get a new job and I applied at I think it was either Jimmy John's or Firehouse, and my buddies started working at this solar company, and they were like, dude, come do solar, and I was like, bro, if I don't get this job, I'll come do it, and uh, I didn't get the job at the sandwich place, and so I started doing solar. We were just setting appointments, and so we were just seniors out there. We'd go out after school, set appointments, and that was my introduction to solar, so I started, uh, I got into the game pretty early. Um, if I were to tell you guys what we made, you would laugh at me. It took me a while before I realized what kind of money was in solar. You thought it was um, sick money, though, right? Oh, dude, we you thought, thought you were we big were, balling. We were balling, dude, for high schoolers. You know, we would get like 40 bucks a sit, and we thought we were kings, dude. Like, I remember in high school, I got like a $700 paycheck once, and I, dude, I thought I was the king of the school, man. Um,. And little did I know that was just the tip of the iceberg, but yeah, that was my intro to solar. Here's my question, dude, is after you finish up with solar, you think you'll go back to firehouse subs and give it another try? Yeah, Build up a resume, dude. <laughs> yeah, I still got a bad be right at the window. <laughs> Customer experience. No, but Diego, one, we, all the guys from RIP, and I speak for everyone because we were all super excited to have you on especially my management group, a lot of the managers look at a guy like you and they think, wow, if we could just take Diego and clone <laughs> this guy and just have a million Diegos running around, this company would thrive. And so one of the questions I have that will probably help a lot of leaders in management is, what's one thing that's been super impactful that a leader has taught you or helped create who you are and, and the type of person that you are and the mentality that you have, that maybe some advice that you learned from a leader um, I think specifically from Empower, the advice and, and what helps me the most is like, I've talked with Carson about this and actually thanked him for this, but like, um, it's really just, uh, I guess to simplify it, like it's being told the things that aren't the, I guess the prettiest things to be told and, and being pushed for more. So like Carson and I have a relationship where I, I am super grateful for him because he pushes me to do more in ways that like maybe in the moment I'm like, bro, really like you're really gonna make me do this? But it's, uh, it's like those little things that over time is what allows me to grow because it, obviously like without discomfort, like you can't grow. And so leaders that really push me out of my comfort zone, like intentionally do it is, is my simple answer as far as like the type of leadership that's allowed me to get to where I am today. I actually really like that. Um, I feel like the people that I've 
respected the most are the people that are like, like if my goal is to make a certain amount of money and I'm like not doing the work for it, then like a leader that's just like they're holding me accountable for something like that, I feel like is it's pretty awesome. And I, I feel like I don't really respect leaders that just like let me not work. For you sure. Know? Like everyone needs a leader so that you do get pushed to work. Like if no one holds you accountable to the knocking hours, for example, it's like, why do you have a leader anyways? For sure. I remember a conversation I had with Brandon early, early on when things were just getting started here about inputs and outputs. Like he, he straight up told me, he's like, dude, what you're putting into the funnel, your inputs right now are not going to get you what you want. Like you're not going to make half a million dollars doing what you're doing right now. And that was sick. Like, so, so glad he told me that, Yeah, you know, it's cool. How have you, uh, Diego been able to like kind of put that into practice? Like now, now you're a team lead, now you're leading people and taking that leadership advice that you received how have you put that into practice with your own teams um so i'll use one example that comes to mind what carson did to me that like maybe like three or four weeks i did to someone else was there was one time last year where i was on the verge of like bageling one day and uh it was like getting super late and i was like about ready to throw in the towel i don't know if you remember this carson but i don't it was like super late and it was like way dark and uh i was like bro like i'll i'll get it tomorrow and i don't know like i think i was just like i've been in a lot of communication with you cars and so i think i told you dude i'm wrapping up and you're like bro i literally don't give an f like you're gonna pull over somewhere and just go knock us <laughs> so i literally drew like one little section of random hood on my way home it's like it's already like 30 minutes past dark. It's starting to sprinkle as like a thunderstorm's rolling in. And I knock like three or four doors, pull a bill. And uh, I, have a, I have a rule that I never finish on a bill. So I knock the next door. She like cusses me out. I'm stoked. And, uh, <laughs> and then you like, never finish on a bill. No, no, I never finish. The best time to set an appointment is after you. you but just you have to on. get a bill. You obviously have to get a bill, hit your, at least your foundation goal. And then, right. Like never, we never end on a win. Carson and I were knocking in Georgia once. Sorry, I don't know how to mute my laptop without muting you guys. But Carson and I were, um, we remember when we were in Georgia. We were knocking. It was like nine thirty at night on this pitch oh, black yeah. road. We pulled a bill at like nine thirty, and so like I'm like, dude, I gotta knock one more, dude. It's like pushing nine thirty-five. This guy's on his porch, and Carson's like on the street on the phone. And I walk up, I'm like, dude, sorry to bug you, man. My boss said if I don't talk to him, I'm gonna get fired. <laughs> and, uh, I almost got that guy too. But to to answer the question, like you pushed me to do that, and so now it's like I've had the chance when guys are here and they're looking to wrap up the day, and I'm like, dude, like finish strong. I think there was one where like one of the guys here, his phone had died or something, like a little before the day ended. And I, I can't remember like if he called me or texted me and I was like, dude, finish out your hood, bro, or like push through. And I think like the last door, some cheesy like last door of something he knocked was a bill. And uh, he, he like texted me, he's like, thanks, bro, for pushing me. So it was kind of cool to see that come in like full circle. And I think those are the conversations that are often hard to have, like just to tell guys like, dude, you got to get out there. You got to like to really like. I don't know, to to actually like hold them accountable for some people. Like for me, it wasn't like, it can be uncomfortable cause like sometimes you don't want to tell people to work. I don't know. And, uh, but like after that, when he like texted to thank me, I was like, that's, that was actually a cool experience. So. Dude, that's pretty cool. I think it's sick how, I mean, 
the culture that you build for your team kind of surpasses the walls with the, of your team as well. I think I think you and Carson have done a really good job at setting that kind of that culture and that tone of work in your region and the relentless organization because literally just a few days ago Luke Ronick was out oh dude what 10 o'clock at night didn't have a he wanted a deal <laughs> he, that day yeah oh sends in this voice text I am not to our whole whole region dude to everyone in <laughs> in in relentless like Virginia Illinois everyone and he's down in Port St. Lucie in Florida and he's like I am not ending the day until I get a close and I don't think he had any appointments. <laughs> it's like 8.30. And so at 10.30, his time, 8.30 mountain time, he sends in a picture with this lady or a couple or whatever, closed next morning. So And, he, and then he pulled some bills that night, I think. Next morning, gets another close at like 9 a.m. his time. And then he got two more closes that day. So you got one at, at 10.30 at night and then three the next day. Three the next day. So it's, it's insanely ruthless. Like that's the culture that Carson and especially Diego have set for the whole, I think, organization you guys have. And I think what you do, Diego, goes beyond just your team. I think it happens all over the company. For sure. And, like, Diego just had Taylor McCarthy out, and that was freaking sick. And, like, Diego's been the whole introduction to Knockstar, and, like, I've, I've become pretty obsessed with them. Um, but, like, Diego is the one who found him is basing all of his personal trainings with all of his team based off of them. And it's like they, the way that they do things is so incredible, but Diego saw so much value in them that he flew out Taylor McCarthy. He is not expensive or he is not cheap yeah. like at all, but there's some, some pretty sick results from that. That was Virginia's best week ever is 25 deals with 10 reps. And it's not like you can just be like, Oh, it was just Taylor. Like dude, if Taylor wasn't there, Still would have been a PR. So that was a 2.5 for the office. 2.5 for the office. Wow. I mean, I think it's cool, too. I think Diego's example was, was kind of seen in Vertex that same week as well because Cooper Murphy was like, I saw, you know, Diego had, had McCarthy there in the office, so I went and listened to some of his podcasts, and I implemented, like, one of the things that he was talking about, and that was Cooper's 13 week. 13 spot. Holy so God. freaking cool. So cool. So Diego, I mean... Aside from all your leadership examples you do for your team and the company, what's your secret sauce? Like, how are you so successful personally? How are you already at the install count you're at, number two in the company? How are you doing it? Um, I don't know if I could wrap it into, like, one answer. I would just say the one thing, like, I'm most grateful for is, like, for whatever reason, I've, I've, I'm naturally, this, this sounds like, it contradicts, but like I feel like I'm naturally like a really uh, coachable person. Um, like when I was growing up, I was like the kid that if I did something wrong in class, like I would feel bad about it. <laughs> like if the teacher called me out, like cause <laughs> it sounds kind of lame, but like I'd feel bad. Like I wasn't really a rebel in school. And so like I remember, I, I'll skip this story, but like um, where I think that's like really helped me out is like later in life, like when people have come to me with, like feedback where I've seen others like reject it I was like it was a lot easier for me to receive that and like I got to give a huge shout out to Hans because like last year I talked with Hans I met him at the end of the year and Hans introduced me to a book and talking to him like he really opened my eyes to like the idea of you know uh, I read Introvert's Edge which he recommended I read which talks about like not being a natural at something is it can be one of the biggest blessings and I've just learned over the last year that like my ability to be coachable 
is you know that humility is kind of turned into somewhat of like a superpower because my confidence no longer stems from whether I can do something or not it stems from the ability that I know I can put in the work to do whatever I put my mind to sick Diego I have so I have a question you had a huge you had a huge like a huge um performance boost from this last year um and and any well I so leadership you've 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 become an incredible leader I think that Diego is definitely one of the best leaders in the entire company it doesn't matter what the title is or whatever Diego's one of the best leaders in the company and I think that Diego is I can't say the best because I don't know what what's going on in different orgs and things like that but Diego pulls results from from everyone that he works with um, last year to this year, what's the biggest, what's the biggest change that you had? Um, and it's, it's, a, it's two questions. Um, number one is in performance for sales. And, and when asking this question, I want you to respond to it as if you're trying to teach a first year rep, how they can avoid what you went through and they could get to some type of second year type performance. And then the second one is, uh, what are you doing in leadership that is uh, so much different now from last year? Gotcha. Um, sorry, so just to clarify, last year to this year performance-wise, and then same thing for leadership? Yep, but as if you're, you're teaching a first-year rep. Because like in my eyes, you're at the top of the learning curve, right? Number two in the company and in installs, right? Which is the, what, what actually matters. Like, what did you do? And like your, your install rate last year was 50%. You're at 86%? Something like that. Right? Like humongous change. Like what, what changed performance-wise? Um, uh, so to preface this question, like I, I really have to give a, like a, I guess I just a quick preface. Like before answering this, I would highly recommend that everyone read the book, The Compound Effect. Because I think a lot of it has to do with it. It wasn't just a one year to the next year; it was a lot of years going into it. And uh, you know, I think part of it for me was was that aspect. Like, I've been I've been in and out of door to door for since 2016. Like, um, this isn't my first solar company, nor my second or third. And uh, it wasn't until like last year that I saw my first taste of like the door-to-door -door money people talk about and so as far as like the transition from last year performance wise to this year like the biggest thing was was definitely going all in but like a consistency in doing these small things every single day um over like a long period of time so like it and this might not be the pretty answer but it's the truth for me like it took me some some more time to develop the sales skills that got me to where I was and and uh, like I don't know if you remember Carson that first house in Florida where we lived like I know you weren't there with us yeah, in Orlando like, yeah um, yeah dude I was there was a time period there where I was waking up at like five in the morning just because it was the only uninterrupted time that I could study sales or yeah. anything without like a lot of commotion because there was like 16 of us in that house um and so like it's it's just the consistent effort of like and i still do it to this day like i have to put in the work to develop that skill um 
and that was the foundation. It was like that daily commitment. And then as I learned to invest into coaching and different groups that allowed me to accelerate it, that was, that was probably like, if you want to say like the pivotal moment is like where I finally like decided to invest into people and go straight to the guys that were doing it. Um, and like took it took that commitment to the next level like it's one thing to commit with yeah i bought a 20 dollar book or yeah i read this thing but like when you fork over like a good chunk of change to learn something like you're going to be committed to learning it and then it's it's the same thing with the leadership like um the leadership i can't say it was like a one day to the next it was you know constantly learning time in time out like all these experiences accumulating, all these humbling moments, like all the books you've read, it's, and like I said, it's not, it's not really like this pretty answer, but that's why I say you gotta read the compound effect. Cause like I sacrificed a lot of things for quite some time knowing that, you know, eventually it was gonna pay off. So like when I saw guys go out and party all the, every weekend, it was like, the one, the one night I don't go out, it, it doesn't necessarily reflect the next week, but you add up all of those weekends and there comes a point where you start to see a difference and then it starts to hockey stick. And I think I just happened to hockey stick like at the transition of this year. And uh, like, I, I don't feel like it's over, but like if the reason it looks like a big jump, I think is because like that was that was like a mini hockey stick for me if that makes sense but it was like so much so many weekends so many days so many experiences that went into that and if if i were to give advice to like a new rep as far as like how to accelerate that it'd be like one go to the people that are already doing it and just ask them and like learn from them like basically make them your mentor surround yourself by the people that are where you want to be and then and then just go all in like if if you're trying to get better at sales then you have to you have to make that commitment like if you that's why i love like the story of kobe like he made such a like he talks about it like he'd wake up so early so he could do two or three more workouts than everyone every day so that i literally sat down and i said you know what what type of effort do i put in on a daily basis to become better than other people so like once I realized that, you know, in all reality, if I'm only going to study 20 minutes of sales a day, then it's only going to get me so far. But if I can commit to do an hour every morning before anyone wakes up, then that's going to, it's going to press me three times faster than what I was doing before. If that makes sense. And so. One thing Diego's really good at too, is he'll take like one specific thing that he's, he wants to excel in and he'll like become the best at it like just focus on that studies it asks a million like Diego's the guy that if if like he wants to learn something he'll ask a billion questions about it until he is like the man dude he was it. like he was the master at all things nfts last uh, <laughs> last off season i remember yeah. we were sitting in like a, a manager meeting somewhere i think at a cabin or something and he's just like on his phone just like just browsing the open seat like dude i think i'm gonna buy this one right now i was like i'll do it with you and so we both bought I can't remember what, what what project it was, but we like doubled our money in twelve hours, and it's all <laughs> all thanks to Diego like investing into things like these. I know Diego's like the king of you know financial freedom as well, as far as really putting that into practice as well. And so I think we're all curious, you know, like what's been the most uh, um, 
I think, profitable move in your financial freedom journey or what's been the one that's kind of propelled you furthest in, in that aspect? Um, so my, my financial like outlook has shifted a lot from last year. And I read a book recently, it's called The Psychology of Money. When I first read it, I was like, I don't know if you guys have read it, but when I first read it, I was like, dude, this book is dumb. And uh, <laughs> I, it's because the guy that wrote it, like, he's talking about how he paid off his house and like how he's got like his financial plan. And I'm like, dude, I'm not going to take advice from this guy. Um, but he kind of prefaced it and you'll have to read the book. But after I read it, I started to see the principles in a lot of wealthy people and it started to click for me. And, and uh, you know, after like my experiences investing last year, basically like where my mindset has shifted is like i'm still um like seeking more passive income i'm still seeking to make returns on my money but i had this viewpoint that you know having cash in the bank was was uh i was losing all this money and that i mean that is there is truth to that but the only downside was that you know every time i'd get like 20 or 30 grand in the bank i would start to stress i'm like there's too much in here and, uh, you know, my, my outlook has changed as I realized like 20 to 30 grand, that might've been a lot for me at that time oh. as I first started getting bigger hey, paychecks, but there's, studio. there's guys out there that, you know, they're pulling in multiple six figures, millions a month, like 20 to 30 grand is their, those are their pennies and nickels. And, uh, that's kind of when I realized like. I, I was yet to become the asset and my, my, uh, my focus really shifted into, you know, I, I need to become an even higher income earner. Um, and the best ROI that I'm finding on my money right now, like we listened to from Dave Allred today is the six inches in between my ears. Um, like that's lately, like that's everything that I've invested into last year that has produced the highest ROI was into myself, at least for the time being. And I kind of realized too, like these big dogs that make big plays, like they're not doing it with 20 or 30 grand of money. Like <laughs> you need, you, you need a little bit more money to make some big plays. And if, you know, I'm stuck at making two or $300,000 a year. Um, although that may be the top 1% for like my age category, I just realized that like, unless I can develop myself into increasing that, like that's that's my my personal plan for financial freedom is currently increasing my capacity to earn because if i were to be making you know a million a month like crazy numbers like that it wouldn't be that hard to get thousand two three thousand of passive income and, and i still do investments on the side currently like i'm not saying i don't invest but my my outlook has changed so much and i i hope maybe that helps someone to not make the mistakes i made last year like you know, if you have 10, 20 grand in the bank, don't feel like you have to go dump it into, you know, cryptocurrency or wherever it's easiest to put it. Like, I'm not saying to don't invest. I still invest in stocks, crypto, multiple other things. But like, understand that you you are your most valuable asset, like your skills. It's, it's the one thing that doesn't depreciate based off of the market. And so that's ultimately what generates your work, your your income, especially in a business where like, we literally the the better you get the more you get paid like that's yeah. that was the one downside to working at firehouse subs like i could be the best 
I, I'm serious. That was like, that was where I got my, like my love. I think for the idea of sales was like, I went out and I realized like, cause it's a double-sided coin. Like I do recruiting calls and guys are like, bro, they're like, dude, I'm afraid I'm not going to make any money. And I'm like, dude, when I got into it, I was stoked. Cause no one could tell me how much I could make. Yeah. Like it was like that paradigm shift. And so as far as like the financial to kind of bring an end to a long answer, like my investment strategy right now is currently in becoming the asset. Um, I've set up a couple dollar cost averaging things on the side to maintain the habits of investing. Um, but I'm really just stacking cash to be prepared for when the opportunities arise, I'm going to capitalize on them. Dude, I, I love that. I mean, there's some one liners right there. They're going to be on some, some micro content later. Yeah. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Well, that's super cool because I think I think a lot of times our reps get confused with like the financial freedom journey. I think Diego has it pretty dialed where, you know, everyone's trying to invest a thousand here, five thousand here, to get to that point where, to where they can become an accredited investor. You know, like this this morning talking to Dave Allred, like his options are available for accredited investors. You know, yeah, and people are trying to use Empower to make small investments to generate small passive income to maybe hopefully become an accredited investor when really the the options right here in front of you like work hard investing yourself here at empower make a ton of money through your job and then you'll have the funds available to you know, participate in those accredited investor only options that actually do produce that real high worthwhile passive income that's sick my question for diego is you look at a guy like Diego or like Kobe Bryant, I, I know it's sick to be compared like those two people, but like, <laughs> but like you look at a guy like that and you see their dedication, the time they're putting into things, their consistency, their, their willingness to like do an extra practice, an extra training, an extra book, whatever. And you just think like, what is this guy chasing? What is this guy going for? Like, what's his end goal here? What's going on? Like, how does he continue that same progress? So that's my question for you, Diego is like, What's the goal? What are you chasing? All these cool things that you're doing right now, like what's, where do you want it to end? Um, dude, that's a good question. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I definitely have some reflecting to do, especially after the call with Dave about creating a little bit more of a lifestyle design, but I'll, I'll speak short term, then leading to long term, like short term with where we're at right now, um, Empower has provided like the perfect vehicle for growth for me. And so short term, like my focus is just acquiring skills that'll guarantee my wealth for the rest of my life um, under a platform with like little to no risk. Um, and it just so happens that while doing it, we get compensated very well. Um, once, you know, my the time here passes, obviously solar is not a forever opportunity. Um, I'm not 100% sure what the exact transition will be um i find a lot of fulfillment in helping people grow and um it'll probably fall along the lines of something like that um but i know for a fact like i really resonate with the idea of not retiring <laughs> because uh i think i'll always be busy doing something um i'd like to transition more at that point to an impact um position um i feel like i get that benefit already which is cool but um i don't know it's a hard uh I guess it's kind of hard for me to answer because I can't, I don't have like an exact thing. Like, it's not like, uh, dude, I want to, you know, I, my dream is to have a surf shop in Hawaii or like, I, I can't say I have like a specific dream. Like I have certain goals for 
cars I want to have, places to live and things like that. But I, uh, I guess I, I don't really have like a set, like this is the thing I'm doing after, if that makes sense. I know it's probably not the best answer, but no, dude, that's, that's probably most common. I would say, um, I mean, obviously there's a huge opportunity coming up with, with the IPO in, in the near future in 2023. What are your plans after that? First thing would have to be buy a Euros for the boys. Just Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll see. You never know. You know I'm not going to write off the possibility. But <laughs> Diego just um, bought a Jeep. He's got yeah. a Tesla and a Jeep now. I saw that. Freaking that's, sick Jeep, dude. That's a lineup right there, dude. That's no, dude, sick. It, was, it was for the boys too, huh? Dude, everything is for the boys. Everything's for the boys. How we have to justify it. <laughs> He's a good dude. Um, but yeah, after, uh, you know, obviously like, the the solar i believe solar would still be around by then i'll i'll keep cranking the opportunity for the most part like i uh you know and i'll i'll see when we get there like i said i haven't really mapped out too much i i as much as i would love to use those profits to cop a urus um i know it's not the smartest thing to do just yet but it'll happen for sure at some point but um, i think that's inspiring to me because i think as like as much as we preach about goals, 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 like end goal, what's the, what's the why behind all of this? I think some people get lost in that sometimes of like, if I don't have like a clear defined like 10 year why, then like I can't work hard, you know? And I think Diego is a great job wow. at like, you know, like, you know, just, just work hard because that's who you are, you know? And then you'll figure out, you know, where you wanna be when the opportunities arise, you know? It's pretty sick. Okay. Guys, any other any other questions for Diego? Is there anything else that you guys want to learn, or you guys think that anyone else in your orgs would want to learn from Diego? Dude, I think one question. How much time do we have? Um, I think we're good for a minute. Yeah. So, uh, one question that a lot of guys always are asking is: Is it nature or nurture? Like, what makes a good sales rep? And you kind of touched on it earlier. I look at you, and I look at your composure, your demeanor, how calm and chill and cool and collected you are. Is that something you've taught yourself through coaching, or is that just who you are? Like the being calm and collective part, or yeah, and the cool part, and the cool part, and everything. <laughs> um, I'm I'm naturally like very introverted. Um, this I think this is just like how I am is just more laid back. Like I'm not super high energy most of the time, on rare occasions maybe, but uh, I don't know. This is just how I've always been. More like I said, I was a kid in class that like I got nervous if I did something bad. Like I wasn't <laughs> causing a ruckus or, or bringing attention so i've always kind of been like this cool i have one last question and yeah. you wrap it up but uh one question people always ask me that i think i refer to you a lot is and i think we got to reiterate here pretty briefly is like how do you keep such a high install ratio like i know diego installs everything he sells like that's the saying that goes through the halls here so what are there any like small little pro tips you know things that you do specifically to get that rate up um, if I could give like one tip and this takes practice for sure. And I'll share, this is some sauce. I didn't share it with the last call we did. Cause if you try to do this, this tactic, like right out of the gate, I promise you it's not going to work. It takes a little practice, but, um, my goal when talking to someone is to get them to sell themselves on why this makes sense. Everyone has probably had some experience where they're like thinking about doing or buying something 
and then they slowly start start to talk themselves into it. You know, like I talked myself into buying a Jeep. Is it pro- is it probably the best thing I could do? Probably not. But I Jeep Rolex. Be- <sighs> like Diego talks himself into buying something and is so all in on it, dude. He pitches me on this Rolex, bro. And then every time we drive past a Rolex shop, he's just like, bro, I'm on the wait list right now. <laughs> Did you know that you have to get on a wait list to buy a Rolex? I've never heard of that before. No, it is like, it's like, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, if you own a Rolex, you are so legit. Dude, they say they hold their value like crazy. Like, the Rolex community is, is very respected. Don't, don't get me started on that, bro. This, this podcast will extend a little bit. But, uh, to that point, like, we, we convince ourselves to do things. So, if you can create a frame and take someone through a question-based selling process that allows them to begin to convince you on why they need solar then then they've convinced themselves because ultimately the best person to sell someone is themselves and so like that's that's why i can be i'm very monotone in my closes like i'm not like this high energy i'm not anything crazy like honestly i think sometimes i give a demeanor that i don't even want to be there um (laughs) And, uh, and so when you take someone through that process, like I'm going to give you guys my closing line that I do on most closes and you can share this and it goes against all sales tactics. I get to the end, I run through like the seven steps to go solar and I say, perfect. That's how it looked like. How do you guys want to move forward? I just ask them. And so I literally just throw it out there and then usually like one will look at the other and they're like, yeah, I think we should do it. And then they do it. And so like, I'm not saying that's every time, like sometimes I have to get over that. I want to think about it and the all the objections we get but if you do your job correctly you shouldn't get those objections at the end and so nine out of ten of my closes we get to the end and i just ask them and then they're the ones that tell me they're like yeah we want to do it and so because they've convinced themselves and because i didn't do and i don't do assumption closes i don't do option closes at the end it's because those those you know, there's so many salesmen out there, like the, the option A or option B close is not, it's not like that wasn't invented last year. Like people, like what's happening now is that it's, it's causing subconscious triggers that's putting up firewalls with a lot of people. So if, if because our sale is not a today to tomorrow thing, it takes weeks to install. And so if you, you use assumption closes that are high pressure, like, you, you, you'll get people to sign docs like that's a fact um, but when you understand how people buy and how buyers remorse works like that's why they cancel and so like I, I tee it up in a way that you know we have to go through a process where they sell themselves so that I can throw it out there and they say yeah you know we want to do this and then they're they're stoked on it I ask two solidifying questions they answer back depending how they answer I know if they're if they understand it or not He's playing chess. He's playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers. So (laughs) that's super cool, Diego. Insane. Diego, thanks so much for jumping on the pod. Thanks so much for jumping on the sauce cast. Um, I learned a lot. One of my biggest takeaways, I can just end it with this unless if anyone else has anything, but like Diego's a perfect example of someone that understands that like your best investment is yourself. And like though, Diego, could you actually drop a couple of because this wasn't really mentioned you've invested in yourself what has been maybe some of your best investments just really quick just like the names just so people have references to they want to go invest in themselves 
where do they go? Sales, leadership, whatever. Um, biggest investments, I do Kevin Hall's coaching. Um, I'm in the Knockstar United program. And then I've done uh, some of the Jeremy Lee Minor coaching as well. Those are like my biggest three. Okay, so leadership's Kevin Hall, Knockstar. And, and you can get Knockstar University really cheap. Knockstar United is way more expensive, but you get a community. And then Jeremy Minor is like one-on-one -on -one coaching and then individual or and then group calls as well, right? Yeah, he's got a couple. I, he's got a video platform as well if you want to just do that. Okay, awesome. But basically kind of coming back to that is like that. And, and Diego's a great example from what he's been explaining is like, yeah, like I'm not the guy with all the talent, but I just I develop skills and skills are the best hedge against inflation. And so... Diego, thanks so much for jumping on and spitting fire, dude. And I've learned a lot. These guys have learned a lot. Thanks so much, man. Thanks, Diego. Awesome, Diego. Thanks, dude. See you.